y'all it's your girl mayday mayhem and we have just bob bowman coming back at you yeah i was pushing the other way because i'm used to going <laughs> like this so my arm went that way but yes we are back for another mayday mayhem podcast and today as my co-host for this sunday and until he tell me i ain't doing this ish no more maybe i'm not doing it we have again just bob bowman how are you doing i'm doing good how about yourself just one more cup just one more cup <laughs> i have my coffee water. you got your water oh god we are Oh, what's happening? Where you go? Man. Are you there? Man, this is wonderful. Yeah. This We're experiencing awesome. the same problem we had last time. Can you hear me? I can hear you breaking up a little bit. I'm breaking up. <laughs> well, I can hear you now. This is crazy. Every time we go live, it seems like it's a problem. I don't know what to tell you. Every time we do last Sunday. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Last Sunday, we had the exact same problem, y'all. Last Sunday at the exact same time, exact same problem. The powers at B are playing with me. I think it's Elon Musk. <laughs> I ain't gonna even lie. I think it's Elon Musk playing with me, y'all. I really think he playing. Well, while I'm trying to get this situated over here, I don't know like why we're having an issue. Well, while we're trying to get this situated over here, um, we were talking about a story that um, that happened here in Chicago where a young lady was um, strangled, actually found in her own garage by her mother. And I actually want to talk about it today. Are you still able to pull it up? Yeah, I'm actually able to pull it up. I will present the screen right now. Let's see. I'm, I'm pulling it up present all right here we are murder of a chicago mother prosecutors say she was killed by someone she knew well the accused killer was in court today so was our suzanne lemonio and she's learning more about his violent past Prosecutors say that the victim, Sierra Jamison, had known Lawrence Boyle for 10 years. And just a few weeks before she was murdered, they had started a romantic relationship. 
Jameson spoke with us back in August. Sierra Jameson was interviewed by the CBS2 investigators about a story involving black women being targeted by criminals more often for certain crimes. She had been the victim of an attempted carjacking in 2022. My thoughts are that it's like, I don't know why a lot of people want to tar target young women. Prosecutors say 63-year-old Lawrence Boyle strangled 30-year-old Sierra Jameson on Monday. Jameson had gone to her garage to park her Jeep on the 7800 block of South Indiana. Prosecutors say Boyle was waiting inside. At first, the machine worker at a cup manufacturing plant said he thought Jameson had a gun. But when he realized she didn't, he continued to strangle her until she went limp. He took her cell phone, then covered her body with a green tarp. Prosecutors say Jameson's brother saw Boyle leaving the garage after she had parked her Jeep. Boyle told her brother Jameson threw her cell phone at him, then went to a store. A short time later, Jameson's mother went to the garage and found her daughter under the tarp. The assistant state's attorney told the judge he used his two hands to suffocate the life out of someone he was in a dating relationship with. Records uncovered by the CBS2 investigator show Boyle had a previous 2011 domestic violence aggravated assault with a deadly weapon arrest and was charged in March of that year. A month later, the case was dropped. Boyle was also convicted in 1993 of child abuse in North Carolina and six years later was out of prison by 1999. In court, it was also revealed Boyle served two years for breaking and entering in the North Carolina Department of Corrections and had a 1997 misdemeanor conviction for assault on a woman. And now he's accused of a more heinous crime in Chicago, making Jameson's words from her interview with us last month so haunting. I guess because we women and they don't think that we, we, we're easy to target. I guess that's the situation. I guess that's the issue because we'll probably be more vulnerable to give up and I'll let go of what the case may be. Angling Jameson, the judge ordered him detained. At the Leighton Criminal Courts building, Suzanne Lamigno, CBS 2 News. Now, as you can see, now, what happened? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. You can hear me. This is so terrible. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can yes, hear I you. Okay. Now, as you see, he was a machine operator. And she was 30 years old. And he was 60. She had been knowing him for 10 years. And they had just interviewed her because she was a victim of an attempted carjacking. 
And she says she thinks because women, you know, people think women are vulnerable. So this wasn't the person that she just met or knew. She knew him for 10 years. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, like, I have so many questions about mm -hmm. the relationship and how it started 10 years ago and how it developed into what it was. But, you know, once a person is an adult and they mm -hmm. interact with certain people and they have these interactions and you never know how that relationship started off as. Because think about it. She's 30. He's uh, 60. So 10 years since she was 20. And she has a six-year-old child. Correct. And so I'm like, what was their relationship like when they first met? Since it was such a huge age difference at the beginning. And then the fact that she had a six-year-old child that obviously wasn't by him. Like, you know, because... And, and and this is just me being honest about what I've observed. Mm -hmm. You know, you have women that have older men when they're younger, mm -hmm. like around 20 or so, so, such. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these men are like their sugar daddies or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. like they, they have them do things from a run of errands. Not necessarily is that guy, you know, receiving sex in return, but He's still trying to build a rapport with her to a certain extent. Sometimes he's even willing to deal with her, you know, using him like that, even when she's involved with somebody else, because he's like, oh, that's not going to work. I'm just going to buy my time and eventually she's going to end up with me anyway. And so that could have been a situation that happened. And he waited 10 years until she got to that point to where she was comfortable enough with him and comfortable enough with the age difference to uh, establish a relationship with them. But then, okay. I mean, you know, this is just pure speculation. Yeah, at this, we're speculating yeah. at this point. Yeah. Because um, my thing is, the age difference, and by her being 30, and him being 60, and them knowing each other, and from her words, her saying that they she... You know, they think women are vulnerable and she was also a victim of a carjacking, you know, in 2022, you know, it makes me from my observation looking in that she could have been looking to him for protection, security, you know, uh, some women, yes, they look for older men as yeah, he got that money. He got that paper. He gonna keep me in that Gucci, that 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 Coach, that Chanel, that Louis Vuitton, that Fenty, that Sheen, that Timu, whatever the hell they win. He gonna keep me up in that. You know what I'm saying? But then some women are looking for men as again protectors. You know. She was going to school. She had graduated. She had a profession going for her. He was just a machine operator. And as you heard, he had a long extensive history from child abuse to um, domestic violence, all stretching all the way back from 93, 97, 99 in different states. So again, these could have been things that 
he could have concealed from her because he's only been knowing her for 10 years now. We in 2020, what, what is this, 2023? 2023. Yeah. So that would mean since only 2003 and his crimes were committed in 93, 97, 99 in a whole different state. So pretty much, let's say since 2000s, she's been knowing him. 2003 since she's been, no 2000 this is 2023 so 2013 right can't neither one of us count what the hell <laughs> <laughs> i know i can't count product of chicago public high school i'm just playing y'all i went to private <laughs> school too y'all for real <laughs> no but no. um go ahead seriously uh that would be 2013. so again we don't know what he was doing between 99 and 2013 but we do know in 99 he was just getting out of prison in north carolina for heinous crimes including like i said including child abuse and again think about it this woman again she has a son you know what i'm saying a six-year-old son again she's a we're a speculated maybe allegedly was looking at him whereas this could be someone that can protect me this could be someone that, you know, I've been knowing him long enough. He's never done me any harm. He seems like a nice guy. You know, everyone has a past. Everyone has things in their past that they're not proud of that they've done. You know, people can change, you know. So this could have been in her mind, not knowing how heinous this man is. And then maybe a light bulb clicked. And she said, you know what? I got more going for me than he, he could actually have for me. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that could be the reason why she was unalive. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah, she was found strangled in her garage. But again, going back to the women and people part, it could have been a thing of security. Just to say that I have someone to protect me. You know, I'm not scared to walk down because, look, I'm from Chicago. I'm from the West Side. I, I'm from Chicago. You be wanting to have a whole bunch of people walk down the street with you, especially this day of time. Like, and you that still is not a guarantee that nothing will happen to you. Correct. That's still not a guarantee. So again, it could have been a thing of security. And again, she was in her garage. You know, let me walk you to the garage. Something that my boyfriend or my man would automatically do. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So again, I think it was maybe more for security. But yes, you have men and women that are out here dealing with people of an older age because they want that financial security that you're talking about. Absolutely. Right. You see younger men with older women because they got a little paper, a little bread and they breaking them off a little piece of that, uh, that little pension, <laughs> that little security check. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I can understand that. Um, but I'm also looking at it like, you know, what was her vetting process for him? Like, I mean, I know Absolutely. that she knew him for 10 years, mm -hmm. but it's different when you actually in a relationship with somebody and when you're just casually, you know, doing your thing with them. Now, like the way that I'm, I'm thinking about it is, it's like, 
did she do her research on him? Did she know people that knew him for many years? Did she know his family? Did she know, you know, any of his children? Because it said that he was uh, convicted of child abuse, correct? Mm-hmm. So he was convicted I'm, of I'm, child abuse. Yeah, so I'm 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 quite certain that was his child that he abused. So it's like oh, it, it could have been a girlfriend's child. This happened right. in a whole nother state in like 93, 97. Right. So it's like, you know, it was a lot of questions that could have been asked. And then she could have had her mother and her brother, which were mentioned in the story, do their own research on them and fi- find out and figure out what it is about him. You know, I mean, it, and it's like it's not a guarantee that that would have saved her. I, I was but, just going to say that. But at the same time, you still have to use some type of vetting process and you have to trust your instincts. Like if you see some red flags on a person and it's like, oh, I don't think that this person is, you know, going, you know, do right by me or treat me right. Then you have to follow those instincts. But sometimes sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's wrong. But you still got to just go with with your gut. I mean, in in life, you you know, everything is a risk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, getting into relationships is a risk going traveling overseas is a risk you know dealing with different family members depending on their situations can be a risk because they could bring you into a dangerous situation so it's a lot of different you know things to think about but at the same time you have to do your due diligence on figuring out whether the person is 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 good for you or you know i mean but at the end of the day you know, you're going to figure it out and how the consequences of it. But you find so many times that people hide who they are. And sometimes people get so good at hiding who they are that they can do it for years. They can really hide who they are, who they are for years. Like, I mean, literally until they slip up and you really see who they are. So, it could have been a situation where this information was hidden from her, you know, because it's so easy to lie. It is so easy. Like it, I have to really uh, bring up, uh, pull up my files because I have fibromyalgia. And sometimes I had an episode this week. And sometimes when I have my fibromyalgia episodes, my brain go into a fog. So that's why I have notes. Like I have to write down everything. So I have to go back into my notes. And it was a man that um, he literally unalived someone and lied about it. And they was able to literally just look back and see, no, we, we can, we can literally see that you land right here. And he actually went to the point to where he hired an actress. Matter of fact, this was the story that just the slumber party story. Oh, okay. It was the slumber party where these two girls, they went to the neighbor's house for a slumber party and they had been doing this all the time. And he ended up unalaving the two teenagers, his own wife, her teenage daughter. Um, He also um, unalived himself. He had just gotten out of jail for child pornography. While he was in jail, he had that with him. He hired a actress to say that she was the 
sexual assault victim and that it wasn't true and this, that, and the third. He hired someone to lie for him. So people go to extremes. They literally go to extremes to cover up their lives. So we don't know what extremes did he go to cover up the lies? Was the argument that occurred because maybe she found out about his lies? Right. But before anybody get into any serious relationships, that's something that we all should do. Absolutely. We need properly to vet. Yes. Look up arrest records because arrest yes. records are public. Yes. You know, you can look up that information. Yes. Just make sure that, you know, even if you feel like something is sketchy, like they're yes. hiding something, do your due diligence. I know that it's not 100% foolproof. But it's better than just leaving yourself vulnerable 100%. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I, absolutely. It's, it's I have it. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that she lost her life. Absolutely. You know, due to this, you know, and it's, it's a lot of men and women that lose their lives uh, believing and trusting someone who they should have never trusted in the first place because they didn't do the proper vetting for it. Or the person was just a good enough liar, a good, good cover, enough liar, yeah, to cover it up, and it, it and it happens, you know. Like some people have that riz, they call it. Yeah, them, that, you that's know. you know the riz. That's the new word, yeah. riz. Or because swag or charisma, you know. Look, they say I'm paranoid. I don't care what it is. Every man that I have pretty much dated in the present. After I pretty much left uh, my kid's father, my younger two, I have did background checks. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to know exactly what you was arrested for. What? What? Oh, mm, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Smacking somebody was the man or a woman. Oh, he smacked the man. Oh, OK. Most of one, no female. We have some. Guns. Oh, no, no, no. Gone on somewhere with that brain. Nobody got time for that. Like, no, right. no, I get no. you. You know what I'm saying? You, you vet people, and then also like say you go off that materialist that 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 gut instinct. Because some people have never been in jail. Some people have never been in trouble with the law. You know what I'm saying? Right. So again, we need to find a way to properly vet people so we don't fall into these bad situations and we're not even talking about someone unaliving us or someone else. We're talking about being in toxic relationships. We're talking about being in abusive relationships, not only like physically, we're talking about mentally, spiritually, right. you know, um, but one those thing, type of things yeah, one with thing your I isms, was, these feeds into your isms, yeah. like helping well, me with the isms. Yeah. But one thing <laughs> that I was also going to say is that, even if a person hasn't been arrested mm -hmm. or they haven't been in trouble with the law, if you still have a bad feeling about it, just go off that instinct. I mean, yeah. and, and and believe me, like I've had women that say, oh, I just don't feel right about this. And it was upsetting to me. I'm not going to lie to you, but I mean, it's, it's just a part of life. And, you know, like sometimes I was more upset about the wasted time and the wasted money on the date. But after a while, I had to get over it because that woman had the right to, to say no. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, it, like I can't force anybody to, you know, be in a relationship with me just because I invested my time and my money 
into a date. Like that was my risk and that was my, you know, that was my fault for putting myself out there. And and, and, and it's not like to say, oh, I'm not going to try again, but I have to do my best to make sure that if I do invest my time and my money, I don't have any expectations. Like I go in there with no expectations of anything working and I don't like, you know, like have any ideas of, oh, you know, this girl is so fine. She this and that, you know, you know how I go. Mm -hmm. Like You really feeling somebody and they probably don't feel the same way about you or halfway feel that way or, you know, unsure. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm learning how to live my life without expecting anything like you know because you have a lot of people out here that do good for others and treat others well yes and they have these expectations that it should return be returned to them and that's not the correct way of thinking you know and i had to learn that the hard way you know because it's like eventually you're going to have good come back to you it probably ain't going to come back to you when you think you should get it it could come back to you at a later date you on know? a different time but everyone yeah. wants that that same love that they're given, they want that same love reciprocated. Let's let's be real. Yeah. Like, come on. And when you find someone that says, well, I just don't feel right. Or if you find a woman, that says, I just don't feel right. Don't think it as though it's you. It could be something she just don't feel right within herself because it could be something that she ain't got right within herself that could be not aligned with something that you got right with you. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. So don't take it as a diss towards you like, oh, it no, take it as, okay, <laughs> like, oh, oh, that means she ain't aligned. It's something at you, you know what, you're absolutely right. It's something not right. You, you, you're right, you know, right. don't take it as a diss like it's something wrong. No, obviously it's an alignment that's not between you and her. So let her go find her alignment somewhere else that makes your alignment open up for who you need to really be aligned with. Who's really going to be on your same vibrational path and wavelength. You know what I'm saying? That's going to really be a companion instead of a distraction. Correct. And, and you know, and that plays into you know the top the topic today, the isms. Isms. And, and like when I, when I say isms, it's let's like, break them down for us. Break them down. Like, for break them down. We as individuals, we have to learn who we are within ourselves, where we fit in into society as a whole, and how we learn how to you know mesh those two up together in order to be as successful as we can be. You know, and, Absolutely. Like, and, and depending on who we are and where we're at and where we're from, you know, there are limitations and ceilings put in place for us. We can either learn how to deal with those limitations and look for ways to go around it. Or, you know, some people try to force their way out of it. Some people are successful at doing that. Some people are not. But it's all about who you are and what you're comfortable with doing and understanding that, you know, life is the way that it is you have no expectations but you still try to focus on what it is that you want knowing that it's a possibility it might not work out but always know that you're doing the best that you can and that's real success 
But when we look at isms, we have to look at isms as a whole. And the first thing we have to look at is the, uh, the word organism, which is the definition of that is all living creatures are organisms. Even the earth is considered an organism. And the reason why it's considered an organism is because it's a foundation and a structure that sustains life. Just like uh, our bodies. Our bodies are organisms because it's a structure that maintains life. And when you look at that and then you look at how the circle of life works, the food chain works, uh, it's an evidence of a, a grand architect, as the uh, the Freemasons say. Like It's something that created all this, and it's an organization and an order for how things work. Okay. Know? All right. I'm, I'm and, with you. I'm with you. And when you look at it from that point of view and you see that, you know, it's a structure and an organization and you have all these humans here, you have like certain power structures that are put in place to see if it'll help the people with being able to work as a community or society. And like in, in, an Amer in America right now, we work off of the foundation of capitalism, which is. Uh, trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit, capitalizing on workers trying to survive. And it's based off of skill set, knowledge, ownership, and management skills. And those are vital to success along with a strong network. Um, even though America is a capitalistic society, it's not a pure capitalistic society. And this is something that I learned in college. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it's not is because we do have social safety nets such as uh, social security income for the disabled. Uh, we have public aid. We have what's called minimum wage, affirmative action, certain things to protect people in order for them to be able to survive in a capitalistic society. And if you look at the uh, it was a movie that came out uh a while ago, it, it starred Leonardo DiCaprio. It was called Kings of New York. And, it mm. kind of, and That's it my movie. Yeah, and it explained how these social programs came to be because it was a lot of people being, you know, like left out and ostracized from being able to, you know, advance and move up. And so they like, okay, since we can't do nothing and we poor, we just gonna, you know, run rough shot and make life miserable for everybody else and then when they saw that this was happening they were like hey we got to change how things are done we got to change the structure there's too many children out here that's not you know that's homeless not eating not you know being productive mem members of society so we have to do something in order to make it more beneficial for everybody even though we know everybody isn't going to make it to the top but we got to give people an opportunity to at least make a livable wage or at least be able to survive with the bare minimums, you know, but what's yeah, your but, but look where that has gotten us now. L look how it has gotten us where, yeah, we have these social things put in place, but are they really working? Right. It, it, is it really working right now? It, right. it, it works to a minimum. To a minimum, like we literally have um, still like the it, the the dead rabbits and you know, like I said, that's my movie, Kings of New York. That's my movie. 
Um, we still have that same plague where we have vets that can't even get, you know, base social services that they need. And they leave, they literally fought for the country, lost limbs, mentality, spirituality for this country. And they can't get the minimum health care. So, yeah, it was to help create these things. But then now it's almost turned into a socialized thing. And see, and that's where I was going to go with my next point. See, oh, OK, see, I'm see, with you already following me, which <laughs> is socialism, which has been widely talked about recently. Socialism, yeah. Socialism is production, distribution and exchange of goods are owned and regulated by the community as a whole. Social security is based off of socialism. The government, which is in theory, are ran by the quote unquote people. Uh, future projections such as uh, social credit score has also been talked about in the media. You know, and it's, it's more yes. like, it's more like, you know, okay, we're going to let the government take over you know, the, the businesses and the institutions that run like, you know, they're going to take over the banks, they're going to take over the cars, they're going to take over the restaurants and they're going to regulate who gets paid, what and how much. And, you know, and, and, and it's going to be government based, public based where everybody's salary, everybody's information is public. You know, everybody knows what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, like what they're trying to do with the South side, um, well, not South Side, but food deserts, what they're calling them, where literally instead of having, you know, a store coming and taking over and actually having products there, they're literally capitalizing on like this socialism type of situation where the government is going to come in and, oh, we're going to give you food. And, and when I heard it, and I was talking to my mom, I'm like, that sounds just like wick. I'm like, that it sounds like wick to me. And those who don't know what wick is, that's for um like women and children. Like when you have a baby, they give you wick coupons to get the milk, the fresh products, fresh milk, uh, fresh fruit. It's supposed to be for the mother and children for the first year of a child's birth. That's what wick is, that's what it is here in Illinois. So when I first heard it, I'm like, that sounds a lot like Wick, where you're going to get produce from all big places and you're going to put these produce in these areas. And now people have to come to these areas to buy these produce, you know, like that's kind of socialist type behavior that we're having. And it shouldn't be that way. You, you see what I'm saying? And this is supposed no, I, to be I see what you're saying food desert so why not put up places where people can buy their own groceries instead of limiting them to what they can and cannot have because that's eventually what's going to happen it's going to be limitations to what people can and cannot have yes and i agree with you on that however we saw that it was a lot of closings of stores on the south side absolutely and, the reason, and they used the reason for you know, like the people not making enough money to shop at the stores enough to where it's like a lot of uh, circulation going into the stores and also people uh, robbing and, and stealing and robbing yeah. and, and and the police and not being able to, to do anything about it. So they losing millions of dollars in revenue 
and, and, and these companies can't afford to keep on losing revenue, even though, you know, they, they're needed in the, in the community. If, if it's, if the, uh, the robberies and things of that nature isn't being addressed, then it's going to, you know, like eventually it's going to run those stores out and, and then you're going to And that's have, what it did. Yeah. And then, yeah, keep, and then insurance. Hey, Ben Stinker, how you doing, sweetheart? Um, and yeah. not not to even think about that. It's the it, it's the um, you have the, the crime, like you said, in the area. It's the crime right. that's not being addressed. If you can address the crime and stop it, and I don't want to hear, oh, it's just no, you have adults committing these crimes. You have, it's not no 14, 15. No, you have people in my age bracket committing these crimes. So again, that was the reason for the stores closing. And again, insurance. People don't realize that these people, when they come in, they have to buy insurance. Just like I have to have my car insured, my house insured. People have to have renter's insurance and all that stuff. And it goes by where you stay at. It goes by... So if they're having their properties that's constantly vandalized, vandalized, constantly being robbed, the turnover rate is zero to nothing. Just like the Dollar Tree, it was a dollar. Now it's a dollar twenty-five. Right. So again, I now you're still limiting what people can and can't have. If I right. want to buy my babies. Huggies brand and no, no, no. All the distribution gave us is Pampers brand. Pampers brand might break my baby out, but no, this is all we have in this area. It's Pampers brand. You can't get Huggies for your baby. So again, you're limiting what people can have. But again, what do you do in this situation when you have, again, the society that's stopping and it's not everyone. It's only a small group of people that can right. easily be stopped. Well, I was also going to say this. Like, the crime is a is an issue, but it's also revenue. They yes. Foot traffic, which is go, goes into the next uh, phase that I was going to talk about, the ism, which is communism, which Communist. is class war leading to a society in which all property is publicly owned and each person is paid according to their abilities and needs. For example, a person with seven children working as an auto mechanic would get paid more than a person that's working the same job that only has a child of one in theory. However, all persons and all things and all materials are public property. That means that the house that you live in, the car that you drive, everything the internet your personal information like everything is public property your pro public property the that shit. That you will be you know i was just thinking about that and and it's crazy because you hit on something i literally was talking about earlier i'm like dang in order for us to we have we are taxed to even live right we we have to pay to be alive like I, I've never. It's and it just dawned on me. I'm like, dang, I gotta pay to be alive. Like you have to pay. I bought my house, but I still have to pay taxes on the land of my house. And if guess what? And like you said, it becomes public property. 
If I don't pay taxes on my house for let's say four years, the city can come and take my house. Even though I bought it, you still don't own the land on the house. Right. Exactly. I'm still paying for the land. I may own the house, but I don't own the land. It's still public property. Right. Correct. I mean, it, so and, it's, and it's like, crazy. Like, so we have already a form of communism, even though we don't fully understand that yet. Yes, we do. Because I yeah. don't I don't own my land. I own my house, but I don't own my land. If I don't pay taxes for a hundred years, Cook County can take my home and say, this is our home now. Well, give me my money for the home. No, no, no. We're not giving you anything because we own the land and your house is on our land. So you're getting nothing. And a lot of people don't know this, but say, for instance, the government wants to uh, do a project yeah, and they want to take over the land that you live at. They can take they it. They can take it. Yeah, they can take it. And they can like if they want to like say fences. I I live in the south suburbs. Mm-hmm. Say fences. They want to build a new uh, expressway, and they want to go right where my house is. Mm-hmm. You know, they can do that. They they yeah. pay me. They pay me whatever they think the house is worth. But they like what well, you're going to have to leave, and they. And if- and, and, and if I you don't take they offer, they're going to yeah. keep them off. It's going to get lower and lower and lower till it's nothing. They're going to tell you, well, you got about five minutes before we demolish your house. Right. I mean, and it goes like that. And a lot of people don't know that that's, that, that happens. And that goes into another ism. Because one thing that people don't understand, and I didn't understand this until recently, is that our government has a form of what is called fascism. Yeah. And fascism, yeah. yeah, fascism is a political movement with extreme nationalism, militarism, and, and places the nation and one powerful leader over every individual. Only the very wealthy and highly skilled can be successful in this environment. And when we talk about things like that, where the government is saying either you take this money and move or else that's a form of fascism because they pretty much telling you hey you're gonna do this and you're gonna do it now and if not you're gonna suffer some consequences law enforcement is ran off of a form of fascism because even if you're innocent but if you're accused of something you could be arrested and detained and put in jail it's supposed to be you're innocent until proven guilty but no you're guilty until proven innocent correct so it, it's it's yeah we do live in a a, a a somewhat of a fascism. You know I can't y'all know I can't fascist talk. State. Y'all y'all know I can't talk. <laughs> fascist state <clears throat> uh, with some of the things that do go on. Yes, only the very wealthy will get ahead. Look at what they did uh, with the people that have bought their homes uh, to build the Obama Library in the South Shore neighborhood. Those people bought them homes so 50, 60, 70 years ago when black people weren't even really allowed there. And now they had to get up, pick up, and move for a library. The the, the state took the land. The 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 uh the city took the land. Look at what they're doing and in Hawaii. 
Now, oh, yeah. them, them fires happen in Hawaii, which that's a different thing. I ain't gonna even you know what I'm talking about. Them beams that yeah. happened, that fire. <laughs> and what did the rich and wealthy want to start doing? Snatching up that land. Because in reality, they want to make Hawaii the first smart city. If y'all didn't know, they wanted to make Hawaii the first smart city where it's all ran by technology. So that was they planning with that. But again, they started snatching up. And what did what did our president want to give to the people of Hawaii? Seventy dollars. No, 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 no. Seven hundred dollars for oh. a surviving family. Oh, seven hundred dollars. Oh, seven hundred dollars each. And he's giving billions of dollars over to Ukraine. Ukraine. He a blank check to Ukraine. But he, oh, hold on. And he went to Maui and said, "Oh, I've had a fire before, but it was a small kitchen fire." And, and I was at my. Yeah. I was out of my house for seven months because I had a small kitchen fire and the house almost fell down. And, no. and These then, people have ashes. I literally saw a dog in the middle of the road, unalive, gone. And you trying to tell me, you comparing Hawaii to your kitchen? Sir, no, you and can't. He fell asleep. <laughs> he fell asleep it, during the ceremony. It was, uh, sir. Then you have people like Oprah that want to snatch up this land, and they're selling this money to they. They selling these want to sell their land. These people to sell their land for pennies on the dollar. Right. They want these people land so bad it's not even funny. Right. And the people, and then only certain parts weren't burned, and it was the parts that was owned by wealthy people. Mm -hmm. And how quick the, the fire literally went uh, a mile a minute literally, one mile per minute. So if it was uh 60 minutes in an hour, that fire went 60 miles, 60 an, miles hour. an hour, and so. That sounds like fascism to me. And, you know, not only is this due to, uh, you know, governments attack just people, like everyday people. You know, Absolutely. You have, you have governments that attack small governments or uh, small countries. And this is called imperialism. Mm -hmm. And imperialism is when a, a, a country that has a lot of military might or a lot of power uh, they use their power military to subdue another country. And when they get that other country subdued, sometimes they move in and take over. Sometimes they don't. And if they don't, they just have control over what's going on in that country. And, and they'll be imperialist in that country. But if they want to go in and take the resources of that country, that's mm -hmm. called colonialism. Mm. And colonialism is acquiring full or partial power over another country in uh America, Britain, France, uh Portugal, uh you have a lot of different countries in uh in Europe and here in the states that have used colonialism in order to take over land in other countries or take over 
the, the government in other countries and have control over it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's how like the US, uh, you know, they, they took over a piece of uh Africa and it's called mm-hmm. Liberia now. Like they allowed uh the some of the free slaves to go over there and colonize the people over there, and that's how mm-hmm. Liberia was established. Mm-hmm. And then we know that uh, France had had a stronghold over Western Africa for many, many years where they were, you know, taking over their resources and things of that nature. But then they gave them their so-called independence, but they were still in control over them. And France no longer uses uh, francs for their currency. They they use uh, euros. But when they take the resources from these African countries, they pay them in francs, which is basically uh, valueless now. Right, because they use euros. Yeah. So it's like they pretty much robbing these countries for like for nothing you know for their resources and, right. and then getting billions of dollars off of it you know correct like the blood diamonds you know that we've heard them stories uh, uh hundreds of times you know and the millions of stories like i've even heard the story about um queen elizabeth when she went to um canada and allegedly took some children and allegedly was found guilty, but it's against the law to arrest the arrest king and queen of England. England yes, because it's against the law. They have diplomatic immunity. Have diplomatic immunity where like 12 to 16 children came up missing and they were found guilty, but it was it's against the law to arrest the king and queen. Correct. So it's it, it, again. It, it, yeah. Like some people have that type of type they of get power. that power. They yeah. they have that power. And then that goes to the next ism, which is classism. And classism is prejudice against or in favor of people belonging to a particular social class. Mm-hmm. And the Queen of England being able to get away with that is a form of classism because she she was able to get away with it because of how far up in rank she is in society which absolutely is of, which is a form of elitism you know absolutely and like these people that's on the very top of the, the so-called pyramid that we live in those so-called people that's on the very top they can get away with any and everything that they want because of their position and their yeah. authority yeah them families you know that can right. get away with certain things because of how like you said, high up they are. You know, they are the quote-unquote real gatekeepers. They are the quote-unquote real people that you don't see. You know, they're not, these are people that you don't see. The right. ones, that you will never see them. You know, like everyone think, oh, the Jay-Z's. No, no, no. These people you will never see. You might be walking down the street next to them and not even know it. That's how secretive they are. You will never know. Right. And then it makes me think about, like, I used to look at, um, I used to read books by, uh, it was an author named uh, David Icke. Okay. He would, he would talk about the Bilderbergs and the Trilateral yes. Commission and mm-hmm. the Council on Foreign Relations. And this was before this was public knowledge. Yeah, like, I have a few I of was, his books. Yeah. yeah. Like I was reading this back in the 90s when I was yep. in high school. So yep. I was just like, 
oh, who are these people? Like, you know, some of his views were a little bit way out there. But now, because of the sightings of uh, extraterrestrials or the UFOs, now it's like, hmm, hmm, you know, maybe he was on something, you know, on to something, you know, like, because it's like, he was right about Bilderberg. He was right about the Trilateral Commission. He was the right Rothschild. About the council, yeah, the Rothschilds Council on Foreign Relations. So this information, even though they've tried to hide it for so long because of we're in the age of information, a lot of that stuff is being leaked out in the public. And there's Absolutely. nothing that they can do about it. Nope. Because but, let's not forget, like you said, I just want to piggyback off the aliens because, again, extraterrestrial, they've came forward saying that these extraterrestrials exist and how many people have lost their lives, have been committed, have had um, holes drilled in their heads because they've said they've seen extraterrestrials, have been ostracized and now here to come to find out that Oh, they are real, and it's 22 different species, and they're all here. Right. What? And, yeah, and, and so it's like you really have to, you know, <clears throat> take into consideration what's going on, and it's like this information is out there, but it's even though we know that this stuff is going on, it's at the point like, okay, it's out there. What What are you going to do about it? Nothing. You, exactly. you can't do nothing but prepare yourself and just watch. Just yeah, well, I'll be looking at people funny now. I'd be like, mm. <laughs> is you one of them Zeprons from the situation? Like, mm. no wonder I'll be getting all these different strange colds and stuff. But no, right. seriously, we we are living in um, a time of where what was in the darkness is coming to light. Everything is coming out. Everything is literally coming out and you can't have it anymore. Even down to where they said they have alien bodies mm -hmm. and it gives me it goes off like when we talked about last time CERN large hydrogen collider that's going around in Sweden I had no idea it was even one here in Batavia Illinois until about maybe 10 years ago I found out it was one here in Batavia Illinois that was built in the 70s oh, I didn't even know that yeah it's one it's a LA it's a small LHC here in Batavia Illinois it was built in the 70s and they've been busting colliders on us, bro. Oh, wow. Right now. All right. And now that we're we talking about the social class or whatever, or classism, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 it ties into um, povertyism, which is negative thoughts and behaviors towards people in poverty. Yep. And, and one thing that I had to learn about these isms, and it, it was it was a harsh reality for myself is that we all have them to a certain extent. Yes, we do. You know, and then mm -hmm. I was looking at the povertyism because I grew up on the south side of Chicago, so I had to deal with, you know, mm -hmm. going to high school and not having the, the nice clothes or the nice shoes and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and being pretty much like picked on because of that, you know, going through the bullying and, and, and name calling and stuff like that. And that's a form of povertyism, you mm -hmm. know, because I wasn't able to afford the Jordans or the, the right. nice clothes. Absolutely. So I had to, I had to endure being mistreated, you know. And it's, it was people even in, in worse situations than me. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna say like, oh, it was bad, but it, it like, you know, because it, it, like, you have to understand, it, it's certain children that grow up homeless. 
Yes. That live in shelters. Yes. That have absolutely nothing. Nothing. Imagine what they have to go through when they go to high school. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And then in other countries, it's even worse than that. Yes. Absolutely. You know, so like, you know, you have to deal with that. You also have to deal with educationism, which is negative thoughts and behaviors towards people who like education. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's because they don't have access to the to the schools or the environment that will enrich their minds in order to be the best and be successful as much as they possibly can because they don't they didn't grow they didn't uh they weren't born in a wealthy family. They right. didn't have a privilege. Like some people, because of how smart they are, they're able to, you know, get scholarships to go to certain uh, schools and, and, and deal in certain programs. But that's very few and far between. And now it's getting to the point to where, like, it's affecting, you know, athleticism, you know, like athletes, because you have certain people who grow up in poverty and they have these certain camps that you need to go into to help you with building a rapport, to make it in, uh, to the elite level of college, to possibly get into the NBA. And they had these programs all starting from high school where you had these summer camps and it costs a lot of money. Yeah, that, that, you that, you're absolutely right because my daughters, they do dance. And I'm not gonna lie, it's they do competition dance and it's something that they enjoy and they, and they want to even even one my older one of my older daughters she wants to even try to even get a um, scholarship for dancing. It's seven hundred dollars a month. It costs money to send them to these schools, and this is extracurricular activity. Right, so, not even counting the school uh, tuition. Well, they go to a uh, public school here okay. in the town that we stay in. But again, I'm in the suburbs, but still you have to pay for this extracurricular activity, even though they're going to travel, but still this is something that has to be paid for. It's, it's, it's 700 and some dollars. I, I damn, they have to get a part-time job just to pay for them to go, you know, but this is something that I know that they want to do that's going to excel them that could possibly get them a scholarship into college to where they don't have to worry about funding or do I have to worry about this? And then their grades are good, you know, so they might possibly get a scholarship into college where they don't have to worry about, like I said, well, I don't have to worry about mm, <laughs> sending them to college, you know? Yeah. But uh, one thing that I heard and it made a lot of sense to me is like it costs more to be poor than it does to be rich. It it does. It is. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It, it 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 does cost more to be poor. Yeah. Because and it does you miss to be out rich. On a lot of opportunities, a lot of yes, you know, chances. Just because you don't have, you can't afford courses. it. Yeah. You can't afford it. Yeah. And it may only be something that may cost a hundred dollars. And if you're in that economic bind to where you have to choose between, like you said, Jordans or food. Uh, I'm going to choose this food over some Jordans. But right. then you have some people that would choose them Jordans over food and will be hungry for the mm -hmm. rest for the rest of the week or month. Right. No, I'm going to choose 
this food and then uh we'll get you a nice little pair of shoes all right and then continuing with the main topic of classism you also have racism oh which you know mm -hmm. and, and and you know like like i said we all have forms of racism within us because of how we've been programmed yes you know and then you have colorism which we mm -hmm. talked about on our first one and mm -hmm. it's affected both of us in the dating market. <laughs> Not even in the dating. Dating, everyday life, colorism affects me every day. Like every day I walk out my door, they do not let me forget <laughs> how dark I am. Mm -mm. Sometimes I wake up like, yeah, it's going to be a great day. Uh oh. I forgot for, I thought I was a human being for a minute. My bad, you know, so y'all can accept the aliens, but you can't accept me. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. And then you have heightism, which affects people in the dating market. Yeah. Like, you know, we oh, talked about, about the like, short thing. Yeah. Oh, the short, yeah. I'm like, heightism? Like, that's a yeah. new one. But, but heightism also affects women, like real tall women. It yeah. They in the can. dating market too. Yeah, they can't. I've I've heard really tall women because I have a few friends that are like six three, six four, and they have a hard time finding dates. They say because men don't want to date them because they're so tall, or they're taller than some of the men that they that try to talk to them. So yeah, I can see that being an see, issue. And I, I would I would date a woman taller than me. I have dated women taller than me, but they some of them are too. It's because of how society is they get insecure about that. Like they, you know, they wouldn't want to be seen with me because I'm shorter than them. And see, and see, that's totally different. These women are like, men don't want to talk to me because I'm too tall. And I'm saying these women are like, like I said, six, two, six, three, these like, like these women could be like in the WNBA, like girl, why ain't you in the WNBA? Like, girl, my nails. Uh-uh, girl. Uh-uh. I'm too delicate for that. And I'd be like, girl, like, hmm, let me have some of that height. I'm like, girl, let me have some of that height. But uh, they they have a hard time finding men because, again, like you say, they will date the short men, but then the short men get besides themselves. They begin besides themselves. I'm like, he did what, girl? Girl, yes. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, so heightism. Then you have weightism slash sizeism. Yeah. And me, I'm going to be honest. I have heightism. I mean, uh, uh, weightism or slash sizeism issues I, I, within myself. I, 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 you know. I, I have to say the same thing because I'm not, y'all can't really see, but I'm not that, that big and I'm not that small. I'm, I'm, I'm in between. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I, but I can say I'm a plus size girl. You know, I don't have a problem with that. And it's like either I'm too big or I'm not big enough. It's like, which one do you want? <laughs> like, what right. do you want? <laughs> right. I mean, and, and and you know, even though, like I said, I like the slim women. Some of them are insecure because the guys that they be wanting be like, man, you're not thick enough. And, and see, and, 
and then the women that's you know like the bbbbws <laughs> you know like they have a hard time because they like yes. oh, you're not small enough and and, and, and and yeah i mean i understand you know i understand and, and you know it, it's something that we as a society we have to like understand that everybody has their preferences mm -hmm. but at the same time we have to be you know how can i say this um like we have to be realistic mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying sometimes we might have to do some traveling to find what it is that we desire sometimes we have to wait years mm -hmm. to get what it is that we desire and we have to understand where we are in our lives personally, you know, and what is hindering us personally from getting what it is that we want. You know, sometimes it's not because of society as a whole. It's because of us and the things that we need to work at for ourselves. You know, like one thing that I had to learn is that, okay, until I have myself totally together, until I'm confident within myself, until I'm at that point to where I'm not worried about money or spending too much, where I'm at the point to where I can go on trips and do things by myself and enjoy myself, uh, I probably shouldn't worry about, you know, relationships and dating until I get to that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that was a hard, uh, it was a hard pill for me to swallow. Mm-hmm. Because before I moved out of Chicago, I had my own car, which, which I still have my own car. I had my own place that I was living in. Um, like I had decent clothes. I, I was I'm still working the same job that I was working at before. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the neighborhood that I worked, I, that I lived in, like the women wasn't really feeling me. They were feeling more like the thugs and, and, and mm -hmm. people like that. Like I seen dudes doing way worse than me. Pulling, mm -hmm. like fine women that wouldn't even talk to me and I, I didn't understand it but I understand it a little bit more now and it's because the type of person that I am mm -hmm. they they don't they knew that they couldn't like control me to the point that they could control that person mm -hmm. you know and then if that person you know gets in trouble and gets locked up and thrown away they can easily replace them like somebody on to like the next one yeah, somebody like me is hard to replace. You know, you're you're not that type of person. You should take that as a badge of honor. Like, I'm not that type of person. I'm not that man. Good. I'm glad. I'm not that man. Like, I take it as a badge of honor when a man pass me up, and I see the type of women that he go, and I know mm -hmm. that. Uh, Badge of honor. I, I am totally fine with it. Thank you. Because, and it may be a problematic type woman. You want drama. You want chaos. You want problematic type of people. I don't want that. You know right. what I'm saying? And I was, I, yeah. Like I, like I had to look within myself and I had to say, okay, I'm not attracting the type of women that I want. And then I don't like yep. the women and I don't like the women that's totally attracted, attracted to, to you. Me. Exactly. So it, it's a me problem. So that means that if if I'm not attracting the type of women that I desire, that means that at this point in my life, I don't deserve to be with one until I figure out what it is about myself. No. That I need to, that, that's how I look at it. 
No. Yes. No. Yes. Don't say that. Yes. No. I, no. No. I'm just being like this is being real. This is being real. Like, no. It's something that I have to work on on myself in order to get to that point. And it, it could be. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I see what you say. Okay. I'm All not right. saying that I, I don't deserve it, period. I'm saying that it's something that I need to work on within myself in order to get to that point or to get the quality of woman that I really want. I, I think I think that's better worded. I don't think I, I think it may be because I had to ask a friend the same thing. Like I had to call him. I'm like, yo, what's wrong with me? I was like in tears. I'm like, bro, what's wrong with me? Like what's the matter with me he was like ain't nothing wrong with you <laughs> like why are you upset <laughs> like what's the matter with me he was like they're just not the right type of people for you like it's just that simple like you need to create boundaries i'm like i created those boundaries he's like well make sure you stand on that shit create those boundaries know what you want and don't don't Ne don't negate from that for nothing right you and know what you want stand on your boundaries don't let nobody talk you down off of that and stick with that you know don't let nobody take you from what you want you know and that's what we compromise because we don't want to be oh i don't want to be quote unquote lonely or i don't want to be by myself and we sit back and we'll take some of those boundaries down and sometimes we're willing to accept anything just to have something and that's i would rather be alone than to have something right. that's not right for me just right. to say i have anything nope uh-uh that's why i look so peaceful now <laughs> uh -huh. well, peaceful I, 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 like i will say that one thing that helped me with my self-esteem was when I started traveling and going different places. And then I was, you know, dating women in those different countries that, you know, I actually was attracted to and they actually were nice to me. And so it was like, it ain't, I, I saw that it wasn't really a me problem. It was just the environment that I was in and that I need to just meet new people. Not saying that people. I have to yeah, meet new people, get away from the people that, that look down on me or that, you know, that look at me like crazy or something like that. It's, like it's it's and, and it's always new people like, absolutely in and around the Chicago land area, I should say. So you know, it, like I had to learn to stop limiting myself. Yes, you know, and, and, and and be open to meeting new people, just being friends with people, like or being yes. acquainted, being yes. acquainted with people, you know, and not put so much pressure on looking for a relationship. Yes. But with it, that, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm also going to say, yes, it'll, it'll come. Like when you least expect it, it, it it'll, it'll come when you, my mother told me it'll come when you least expect it. When you're not looking for it, that's when it'll sneak up on you when you're not looking for it. And I'm like, well, I'm just not going to look for it. She said, see your ass looking for it. I'm like, oh my God, leave me alone. <laughs> so. Yeah. So with the, with the issues with, uh, the marketplace and dating, it can also lead to sexism. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of men out here that are sexist. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. So, oh, and, so, God. and even though women don't like to, to admit that they're sexist. Yes, we are. A lot of, it's a lot of women. That, that's what misandry is. 
And, you know, you have a lot of misandry out here that, like, they 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 portray themselves to be feminists. But they're sexist. But they're sexist. Mm-hmm. And, Against men. Absolutely. Right. And it's like Donald Trump. You know, like, Donald Trump, um, he has said something about racism because he was accused to be accused of being racist, right? Mm-hmm. And he said something, and I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Because he was like, I'm the least racist person you will ever meet. He said that he didn't deny being racist, but he said that he's the least racist person that you will ever meet. Yeah. And then I was like, if that, if, if, you know, to describe me being sexist, that's how I would describe myself as being the least sexist, sexist person, person. person that you will meet. I won't deny it, but I'll say that I'm not going to allow it to, you know, control my every thoughts and my every opinions about women. But, like, you know, I had a, a conversation with my mother yesterday, and it was a comedian named Corey Holcomb that uh-huh. I absolutely love. I love his stuff. But her impression of him is that he hates women. And I'm like, no, he don't hate women. He be going at the guys, too. And I was giving her examples of him going at the guys. But she was Corey like, Holcomb what? be going off on them guys, too. He really do. Yeah. Yeah, so and he goes off on himself, mm-hmm. you know. So it was like when I explained that to her, she was like, Oh, but that's just how I feel about it. And then I asked her a question and she didn't give me a direct answer. And I asked her, Well, do you think I hate women? And then she was like, uh. You know, she hesitated, and then she was like, Well, I just think you haven't found the right person, and, and she wasn't answering the question. And I love my mother. Yes. So I hated women. I would hate my hate. mother. And I don't hate my mother. I think exactly. That she, you know, even though she isn't perfect, like she's a wonderful person. She she's trying hard to improve herself every day. Absolutely. And she's doing the best that she can. Everybody is. Yeah. So, but I understand that, you know, because I'm not gonna say all women, but it's a lot of women when you don't do what it is that they want you to do or date who it is they they think that you should be dating or interacting with people the way that they think you should then they'll be like oh something wrong with him he's sexist or he's misogynist or this or that yeah because you're not you're not acting in accordance to how they feel that you should act within the dating market and i didn't understand that at first because i'm like i don't hate them you know even though they treat me like that but then I understand that you have people like uh, Rashid, who we talked about earlier. Yes. Uh, he, he goes off on the deep end because he's tried to, you know, be the person that they want. And they didn't re- uh, they didn't accept it because. But because know, he, he didn't he, like he the rejection. He, yeah. He didn't and, like the rejection. And, you know, and it's like this. It's like, you know like how you react to it, it it says more about who you are as a person than them and how they treat you you know what i'm saying so yeah you know like i had to really uh look at that and then but like i was saying that everyone can be accused of practicing one of these isms Mm -hmm. the only thing that can cover it up is if you have power or likability or giving in to the pub uh, the public criticisms that 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 you uh, face individually. And, you know, because you also have to look at favoritism. 
Yes. Which is the practice of giving unfair preferential treatment to one person or group at the expense of another. Mm-hmm. And we all have experienced favoritism in our life, either in our favor or against us. Absolutely. And I know that, you know, you, you, you've talked about how you've experienced like people favoring certain women over you and things of that nature. And I've talked about how it was certain men that, that, uh, receive favoritism over me in certain situations. And then I had to think about like, there were job opportunities that I probably shouldn't have gotten, but I've gotten it because, you know, like I, I, I was shown favoritism mm-hmm. while other people would have been like, no, just keep him where he's at. You know, you know, it, it happens, you know, and yeah, it happens. It, 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 it happens. I have, um, <laughs> I have had, I have had favoritism because they have liked me, and I have had favoritism because they have not liked me. You know, so it has worked both ways for me too. I'm not gonna say it's all been oh because they didn't know. I've had it because oh no, we like her. Just leave her where it is. We're gonna do this for her because we like her. You know, because she does this, she does that. She does everything we ask. She does her job well. So that could be a form of favoritism or it would it be looked as um appreciation of employee because again i did my job that person did their job well so what's the problem you know and then you have some people that are jealousy it's jealous because they don't want to do half of their job and they see someone getting promoted that worked hard for that job and mm-hmm. they're angry. Well, I could have gotten it, but did you apply yourself to get it? Right. And then I also think about like it's certain things that it's certain programs they have in place to combat favoritism and to help people that usually get discriminated against. Like I know that mm-hmm. I have like the job that I have, like they do look at like your race, your yes. ethnicity. Yes. And, and uh, me being a disabled veteran on top of being black, like a mm-hmm. black disabled veteran. Yeah. It gave me like three things that I could use to get me into the job. Like I was considered a triple minority. No, oh, a triple threat. Yeah. And so being a triple minority helped me get the job that I have. And I had to be honest with myself about that. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You know, and then some people, they're able to acquire favoritism because they have charisma. Mm-hmm. Chariz- it, charisma. Charisma. Yeah. And charisma is the compelling attractiveness or charm that can inspire devotion in others. You know, you have like one, one example that I have is uh, actually I have three. But the first example is uh, Dr. Umar Johnson. And I'm sure okay. you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's the pro-black pan-Africanism, mm-hmm. you know, black families first. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be with a black woman, black mm-hmm. woman. You're supposed to be with a black man, mm-hmm. have black babies, mm-hmm. black families, black marriage, black, mm-hmm. black schools, black businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on that tip. Mm-hmm. Um, and like people, you know, they, they, they they respect what he says because he does come with some good talking points, even though I don't agree with everything that he has to say. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and this it's is his tone. Yeah, it's, it's the way his... he speaks. He has that that gift of gab, so to speak. Right. And he has said some things that would cause other people to get canceled, but yes. because it's him, he's allowed to keep on going on. Like he said mm-hmm. some things like, oh, you know, anybody doing this or anybody doing that, they deserve 50,000 lashes. And I'm like, for you to be a black man, man. to say that a person deserves lashes for not doing what it is that you think they should do, like, that's crazy. And I'm like, wouldn't that be like modern day slavery? Yeah. Like, you see, he wants to be a dictator within the black community where he tells people what to do and how to do it. And how we should, what's appropriate to act and how we should act and how women should act and how we shouldn't act. And, oh, well, I'm asking for money. You only gave me $5. You could have gave more than that. Right. I've seen him on broadcasts, dude, and I'm looking like, well, you could have got your ass up and got your own money. Right. Like, so. You know, and he talks about respect for women, but like he'd be up there womanizing. Well, I don't see any respect families, but he has two baby mamas and never been married. And this isn't me being harsh and and, and just trying to guy down, but I'm just being critical of what it is that he has done uh, uh, because he wants to put himself as as the black morale leader. It's more as live by what you preach. Right, you saying this. But yet you are not preaching this. You're saying that black women should be held as queens, this, this, and this, but you don't treat black women as queens. You're saying that this, you should be married. And so why haven't you married not now one of your baby mamas then? Right. And the next person is uh, Derek Jackson. Uh, Yeah. Now, Derek Jackson, he has charisma. Yes, he has he has charisma. He got it. He got charisma. And then he also has the looks and he has the gift of gab. Like, you know, the women they swoon over his I give him and his muscular uh build. Look, 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 look. Some women might over his muscular frame. We're gonna say he got the gift of gab and he got charisma. And he's also considered very handsome. He's he's considered eight out of 10 women would say he's very handsome, but you could also see the narcissistic characteristics. He's very narcissistic. Right. But they don't care about that. They only care about the image and what he's Mm. saying because they, in their minds, that's the type of man that they will want to smash as far as the visual. No, I'm mm-hmm. not saying you. I'm just saying. No, like, I know, I know what you're saying, yeah, but I'm yeah. just I'm good on that one. No, I'm saying I'm like you know. All right, I now, feel what you're fit, saying. I right, got say, you. Say for instance, somebody that looked like Fat Albert was to say the same thing that he said. I'm talking about the same exact thing. He's won't mm-hmm. nobody pay attention to the Fat Albert looking guy. They will only pay attention to uh, uh, Derek Jackson because he has of that how image. he looks. And now yeah, exactly. I understand how he looks and his image, his charisma. But again, for me and other them other two out of ten women that see the narcissistic and the 
darkness in his eyes. Like I never liked it, him. It was always something like you say that spidey senses that gut. It was always something just not right with him. It to me, it just didn't sit right the way he spoke. And mm, really, well, I mean, it's like his wife isn't a hundred percent innocent either because oh, no. she was sharing him before they got married. Yeah, so, like she knew what she was getting into even beforehand. And mm -hmm. then you have a guy like Brother Polite. I don't know if you ever heard of him. <laughs> yes, now, I've heard of him. Didn't I he like to call. Like, I, yeah, he got seven years. He got I seven years. Him, yeah, I call him uh, Doctor York Junior. Yeah, I know who Doc Malik, Malik York Malik, Malik York is. Yeah. Yeah. Malachi. Yeah. Malachi. I'm sorry, Malachi York, because he got the. The little junior with yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and brother polite as he calls himself, he got his game from him. Yeah, and he used his charisma, he used the money that he had, and he uh from what I heard, he used to hire um uh, he used to hire like you know, like actresses and IG models and things like that to you know shoot these videos with him just to be side by side with him to show him being successful. I can and, 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 and uh, get people to, to 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 listen to what it is that he had to say, and you know, and unfortunately, you know, he was you know, he was charged with SA with a minor. And yes, he was, he, uh, and he uh, was sentenced to seven years in jail. Absolutely, but you know, unfortunately, that's what charisma can do to a person or to people. It can. Have them easily being manipulated, and, and the manipulator he'd be so narcissistic that he wouldn't understand what it is that he's done wrong. Because brother, Polite oh, still oh no, he understands what innocent. he did. No, he understands what he done did wrong. He just doesn't believe he got caught because right. he's been doing it so long that you know he just can't believe he got caught. See, they know exactly what they're doing is to getting caught that that messes with them like i can't believe i got caught i've been doing this so long that now i've gotten caught right and yeah he he was narcissistic and, and mm -hmm. all that and so was dr malachi z york and i yeah i've read a couple of his books and i was like as soon as i read a few things that he's had to say i was like yeah this guy he's you know he ain't a hundred percent right you know but it's just like Nature Boy, um, right? Just like him, you know. Again, very uh, charismatic, has that gift of gab. You know, I will nurture you, I will nature you, I will love you, but I will also discipline you. So, uh, but I'm disciplining you with love. You over here, be no men, be no women. Polar Malia, little insides all toe up over there. And again, allegedly. But again, they have this charisma and they've taken again, like you said, some, some of Dr. York's mannerisms and enforced it in their own again. And then uh, Dr. York built like the pyramids down in Atlanta yeah. and all that. And all. so again, I'm with you. Like it's, it's insane. It's, 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 Insanity.
but it's yeah. narcissistic insanity. But right. it has the charisma to it that it sound good. Right, and pimps, preachers, political leaders, the All famous, same. and those in power understand what the ism is. Hmm. And those people have to ask themselves because, like, not all of those people are just pure evil. Like, even some of the pimps are not like just terrible. You no. know, like they they're looking at it as a business as from a business aspect. But you have to ask yourself if you're willing to be uh, as manipulative as you need to be in order and and deal with the consequences in order to use that charisma in the way that they use it. You right. Know, so, but at the at the end of the day, we all need to figure out where we fit in in society and understand the isms that we uh, have to face, and also that we have within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we don't understand that, we have a high chance of going through what I would call ostracism, and that is exclusion. Yeah, uh, exclusion from a society or group to be cut off completely in the dating market, lack of money, earning potential or opportunity, isolation from family and friends, a social outcast. Now, I, I have an argument that being a social outcast isn't necessarily a bad thing, and there's levels to it. You have those that are unaware that and are being manipulated. You have those that are aware and they are defeated and they accept the low class that, that's been placed on them by the ones that's around them. You have those that are aware and angry like Rashid, for mm -hmm. example. You have those that are aware and have accepted it. And I consider myself as one of those that has accepted it. And I'm working on being aware and helping others navigate being ostracized because it's something that happens to a lot of people, even those that's up in, in, in the upper echelons of society. Sometimes they go through ostracism because Absolutely. of certain things that happen to them or certain things that they've done, you know, and they have to deal with it. Sometimes they have to deal with it alone until they figure it out or until that dark cloud leaves and then they can get back into society the way that they were previously. But what were you going to say? No, I, I'm agreeing with you. Absolutely. Because you have to look like, um, look at all the people that left like Scientology. They were big people in the industry and they left and they were ostracized because they left a big community. And we are talking actors, uh, doctors, big political people that were ostracized for leaving the group. So yeah, it's either some people can't live with being ostracized. They can't live with being alone. Um, I'm fine with it. They call it being an introvert. I don't have a problem <laughs> with it. You know, I deal with people when I feel like being dealing dealing with people, you know. Um, but I'm, I think I'm more like you. I've accepted that I can be in the corn, in the cut by myself no problem it's it's fine with me but some people have a hard time accepting it um they don't know why but it could be a good thing to be ostracized because you could be around a group of individuals that mean you no good 
you could be around a group of individuals that you shouldn't even be around. And that's the reason why you're ostracized because you are not like them. You're not like them. This could be a group of wolves and you're not even a wolf. Yeah, you're you know, a lamb. You're a lamb. You want to go over here and jump over fences and say, or whatever lambs make. And <laughs> these wolves want to go over here and attack the, the, the chicken coop, and you ain't on that. And so you're ostracized because we want to go over here and attack this chicken coop. And you like, I want to go back. I want to go over there. So they ostracize you, but good thing you're ostracized because guess what? It was a rancher out there that had some buckshots waiting on them wolves. And guess what? If you would have been with them wolves, you would have been bad out there with them. But by you being over here with them lambs ostracized with the other lambs, you over there jumping fences, having a good time while they over there licking their wounds. Right. So sometimes it's a good thing I see to be ostracized, especially when people mean you no good. Like I said, it could be a good thing. It could be a blessing in disguise because you don't know what this group of people had in their intentions. It could be your guardian angel saying, nope, mm -mm, I'm going to make it so that you can't be around these people. I'm going to make it so they don't want to be around you. I'm going to make it. Have, like, have you ever been in a place and you get around people and you get that bad, you be feeling good. Like you ready, you ready, you ready. Then you get that pit in the bottom of your stomach. Like, oh, I don't feel good. Like almost to where you're about to be sick. And once you leave that place, you feel so much better. Like you feel like a weight been lifted off of you. And then to come to find out later, something happened bad. No soon you left. That has happened to me so many times that I am content with being in the house. I have been in places where having a good time, then I get that. I got to throw up. Y'all, I got to go. I'm going to go home. I, I'll see y'all later. And then getting a call maybe an hour later, girl, a big fight broke out. A girl, something bad happened. Right soon as you left, about 10 minutes later, this, this, this. Now, no soon I didn't left that. I didn't drove about 10 minutes later. That pit then left my stomach. I'm feeling much better. I, I'm, I'm fine. And I'm looking like, God, maybe it was something I ate. And, but once I got older, I started realizing, no, this is something telling me something is wrong. And I started taking on those cues. So I would get into places and, <clears throat> hey, I start feeling that sense, gotta go, and, and I leave. So again, don't look at it as, oh, these group, it's good that them group of people don't like you. It's good. They don't need to like you. Right. Because you're going to find a tribe or a group of people that, oh, bro, where you been at this whole time? We've been looking for you, fam, you know, that, well, this is your lambs that you've been waiting for because you've been hanging out with wolves. Right. And, you know, it made me think about like uh, what I went through three years ago when I went through my period of being like completely ostracized. Mm -hmm. And I was going through my physical therapy mm -hmm. and I had, you know, I had, you know, during the time I was 
I was in so much pain and I was having a hard time walking. So I had a cane mm-hmm. and I would go, I would wake up at five 30 in the morning and go for a walk for about two miles, two miles back with the cane. And then I would, uh, you know, work out a little bit, like do the exercise that they show me, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in a uh, physical therapy. And then mm-hmm. I would go to work and then at the work, I would, uh, go back outside with my cane and do a, another walk like at night. And I, you know, like during that time, like I realized that I needed to learn how to love being by myself. I had to learn. And the reason why I didn't like being by myself because I didn't like my own company. Mm. And I was like, why do I feel like this is because so many years I was, I felt inadequate. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I do have certain things that I, I like I feel insecure about, you know, like, for example, I know that I talk a little bit slow and it's nothing that I can do about it. Like you probably don't realize it. But like me, when I listen back to myself talking, I know that I have like, a, a you know, a speech delay because I, I, I when I was younger, I had a real bad stuttering problem. So I struggle. I don't with- hear anything. You know, a lot of people say that, but I hear it, you know, so I know that sometimes I have a hard time expressing what it is that I'm trying to say. Sometimes it doesn't come out the way that I want to say it, but I have to learn how to be okay with that and just deal with what has been handed to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, certain things that happened to me growing up or when I was in the military, certain mistakes that I made. You know, I had to come to grips with that, the way that I interacted with people. And then I had to understand that I needed to set boundaries, as we talked about, as mm-hmm. well as respect other people's boundaries. Mm-hmm. And once I got to that point and then I was in better physical condition after I went through what I went through, mm-hmm. I was like, this is what I needed to learn through this experience. I needed to learn not to be angry about what happened. Mm-hmm. But to understand what happened and to learn from it, it was a learning experience. It was painful, mm-hmm. but it was a learning experience. Like, like, you know, like, I, I get I, yeah, like I have to, I have to live my life where my yeses are my yeses and my noes are my noes. Yes. And, and I have to accept what comes with me saying yes and what comes with me saying no. And sometimes that means that certain people don't want to be bothered with me. And that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, because at the end of the day, like some people probably say, oh, you're going to die alone. But I know that I'm going to die alone anyway. You know, it's it, like my life at the end of the day, I'm the closest thing to God that I have. I'm the closest thing to God that I have. Just like you're the closest thing to God that you have. Mm-hmm. And once I understood that, I was like, you know, I have a heavy responsibility on my hands if I'm the closest thing to God that I have. So that means that I have to take really good care of myself Mm -hmm. way better than what I have done previously. Like, um, it's the thing that me and my friends, we do because majority of us are single. Um, We like do dates for ourselves we literally date ourselves like we will take ourselves out to dinner on our own just to like again to reset 
rewind you know what do we like you know because just as we get older things change you know seasons change what we liked in our 20s we didn't like in our 30s what we like in our 30s we don't like in our 40s you know and probably what i like in my 40s i'm not gonna like when i get 50. you know i'm probably not so you know it's like we are constantly self-evaluating ourselves constantly so i found it therapeutic that like at least once or twice a month i take myself out to dinner i take myself out if it ain't nothing but a brunch or if it ain't nothing but um like while the kids is in school i'll take myself to a brunch go get myself um take myself to dinner while they're at dance practice sometimes they be at dance practice three hours at night i will go get me a dinner while they're at dance go make go have me a dinner make sure i get their little doggy bags for them to have them something to eat when they get out and just wine and dine myself you know what i'm saying and just to see what do i like you know what has changed with me within these past few years that that i like like you said you had um uh self-confidence about um you talking my self-confidence was my scar i don't know if you can see it it's a deep scar it's a scar no, i can't see it oh, okay i see you it can see bit. it right here it's yeah. a it's a gnarly scar it was from a car accident i was in 14 years ago well the scar is 13 years old but it's from a car accident for 14 years i was really self-confident self self-aware about it i did not like it i still don't like it but now i wear it as a badge of honor because i could not have been here this is like a badge saying that i could have died i could have been paralyzed i could not be able to walk i could not be able to talk but i can't i used to wear it covered up i used to didn't you know like this all the time didn't want no one to see it no one to see it. you know i would wear anything just to cover this up anything just cover it up now it's like I, I don't care and like i said this scar is 13 years old it took me years to get to, i just got to that point maybe about three years ago two three years ago where i just don't care i was very self-conscious about it very self i've had people oh what were you in a bar fight yeah i was in the bar fight yeah and i was the winner you should see the loser you know so <laughs> you, you know so again you know i was really self-conscious and especially after i had it done because i had to wear a bone growth stimulator in the back of my neck for like a year mm. so and at this time i was still working so it, it was it was crazy but again i had to take that time to figure out what what did i want you know what was best for me and i'm still growing i'm still progressing like now at this point in my life for a companion i do know what i want i know what i want have i found them no will i find him yeah am i looking for it right now whenever he come he'll come like i will find him on this path and if i don't i'm i'm still content with that 
long as I know who I am and what I want and to make sure that my boundaries is not crossed and that I'm taken care of and that everyone is respected in the relationship. He's respected and I'm respected. Right. That's the and, whole thing about it. And, um, you know, and it's good that we are dealing with those insecurities within ourselves and mm -hmm. trying to understand what we fit in as society mm -hmm. because there are certain people that try not to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, they uh, deal with those insecurities or those fears or any of those things that they feel bad about. And they use escapism, which is seeking distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. And how mm. do they do this? Drug addiction, mm. alcohol abuse, alcoholism, sex addiction, porn addiction, food addiction, narcissism, be, or being delusional, trying to live as another person or a character, living a double life, being super religious or judgmental of others, need to hang out and have fun all the time, Sports addiction, television, or social media addiction. Those are just a few things that can happen with escapism. You know, people trying to escape their problems through these things instead of dealing with the problems that they are facing or the negative thoughts that, that's going on in their mind and dealing with that. Well, anything can be an addiction. You know, anything can be an addiction. Buying shoes, buying purses, watching TV eating too much, drinking too much, drinking too much coffee, um, drinking too much water. Uh, anything, anything can be an addiction. Right. Yeah. You mentioned materialism. So that's a part it, of escapism. It's a, it's escape. Um, it, it, you know, anything to escape the, the bad thoughts that you're having or, or the bad environment you're in, you know, anything walking too much I anything exercising too much right anything, i was gonna get into that later anything can be a a um a form of uh a, addiction anything right. anything that you use over too much over that you need to use is an addiction right writing too much Typing too much, talking too much, eating too much, drink all that's addictions. Right. And they and since so, so you mentioned working out too much, some people they you know, instead of like dealing with their insecurities healthy, they use another form which is called perfectionism, mm -hmm. which is you know, it causes body dysmorphia. Yes, they feel insecure about their bodies, and then they try to get it done with plastic surgery or BBLs, yes. or some people uh, they end up suffering from bulimia or anorexia, mm -hmm. or they overwork out, yes, or get liposuction, things of that mm -hmm. nature, trying to fix what it is that they feel insecure about instead of like doing things healthy. Like I'm not saying that it's something like you know. If a person really wants to get plastic surgery for something minor that they feel self-conscious about, there's nothing wrong with that. But then there's a limitation because you don't want to get too much plastic surgery. And we've seen what happened to certain celebrities that got too much plastic surgery. And you don't want to get 
unnecessary plastic surgery because then you can lose your life. We've seen that also to these beautiful women. I mean, gorgeous women. I mean, unprecedentedly beautiful. I have no problem with telling a woman that she is gorgeous. No problem. Yeah, like DC Young Fly's uh, wife. Oh my God. She was so gorgeous. And she went for uh, a mommy makeover. In my opinion, she didn't need it. She didn't need it. But again, we have a society that, oh, she's on TV. She has to look a certain way. She has to look like the Kim Kardashians. She has to look like the um the Coke bottle figure and this like that. And you have to understand that, especially after the woman has a child, we have to learn women that our bodies take at least a year to get back all the muscles and everything. It took about a year for us to get our bodies back to where everything needs to be down to our organs. Cause our organs move. Everything moves when we have a baby. It don't just, Oh, I popped back. No, you haven't popped back. The baby just came out and everything is trying to go back to where it needs to be. You know what I'm saying? From your diaphragm to your lungs, to your intestines, everything is going back to where it needs to be. And you're going in to have an unnecessary surgery when childbirth itself is a line between life and death. Literally, when you have a baby, you are literally teetering on that line between life and death. I've done it four times. And I literally have seen that land like, am I finna die? Especially with my first one, I thought I really, I thought I was going to lose my life. Everyone in that room knew I was not finna make it out of there. They knew the baby might make it out, but they didn't think I was going to make it out. That's how bad it was teetering on life and life and death with having a baby. And then you're going to have an unnecessary surgery. Now, of course, would I like to have my 17, 18? I'll take my 21-year-old body back. Would I love to have it back? Yes. Yes, I would. But am I finna go under a knife to get it done? No, I'm not. No, because I've had to endure a nine-hour surgery just to make sure I'm able to walk and talk the way I can now. And I still did lose some functions to my right arm. I still did lose some functions. So, but still, I'm not going to get an unnecessary surgery just so I can look how society wants me to look. I feel good the way I am. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. And we and men undergo these surgeries too and yeah. some some of them die on the table also yeah I mean, or yeah. are mangled on the table or blotched you know what i'm saying they yeah. have semen injected into their body parts also women having semen injected into their body parts just so they can have her a bigger butt or a bigger breast and 
it's not worth your life to look a certain way so you can look like an Instagram model when law y'all really don't understand that they're really photoshopping it. Well, I was gonna say, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, and wow, that was a great story because you know <laughs> y'all don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, to, but to be a hundred percent honest. Would I would I consider going under the knife to to uh, do some things? Yes, I would. Okay. And I know that you know some people would be like, "Oh, why would you do that? You really don't need to." But it's for me. That's like, for I you. I, like I I, w- I wouldn't mind getting liposuction. You know. That's for you. Yeah, but that's that's, that's me personally, or you know, because I like I, I suffer from a uh, gynecomastia. If you know what that is, like yeah. you have like saggy pecs, like. I want to get rid of that, you know, and and one of the ways to get rid of is surgery. So yeah, you have to have surgery. Yeah. So if, if you know, I mean, but see, that would be again, that would be something that would be I, I, not necess, not necessary, but also a necessary surgery because it's to help with your body you know what i'm saying it's to to help your body you know what i'm saying not necessarily yeah. like i don't need it you know you don't it's, need it but it's, it's a cosmetic surgery it's a cosmetic yeah. surgery just yeah. like um some people have to have the um they have to have the surgery to make their stomach smaller yeah the lap band surgery the lap band i can't think of it and they lose a lot of weight but then they have the skin sagging. Right. All right. A lot of doctors won't do the surgery because they consider that cosmetic. Only way they'll do it is if that person has like a rash or that skin is becoming very bad on that person. Then they will take that skin off of that person and it won't be considered cosmetic. It'll be more considered for as um you know, to help them. You see what I'm saying? If you can right. understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Fibro fog. Y'all got to understand I got fibromyalgia. Uh, so my brain be kind of warped sometimes. But um, in that case, it's that's again to help get access skin, access weight off of you. That is, it's nothing wrong with that. If you want to have that to, to fit that is skin, it's nothing wrong with that. And especially if your doctor okays it. You haven't had any complications with surgeries, but I'm saying far as women and men that have had complications with surgeries, women that are just had children, six, seven months having a mommy makeover. No, wait at least two, three years because then you have a mommy makeover this year. And then next year you're pregnant again. What was the point of getting that surgery? And now you're pregnant again. And then after that baby's born, then you want to have to get it again. Those are two unnecessary surgeries that you did not have to have. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a difference. It, it's a total difference. It, this would be one surgery for you. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have to have it again. Versus <laughs> if I was to have um, a mommy makeover. And then let's say next year this time I'm pregnant. What was the point of me getting the mommy makeover? And now I'm pregnant. 
And guess what? Oh, I have the baby. Oh, I'm going to wait six, seven months and then have another procedure to get my body tightened right and then be pregnant again. It, those are two unnecessary surgeries I did not have to have. Right. You see, it's it's a kind of a yeah. difference. It, yeah, it's, it's a form of perfectionism. But it's a, that's, but that's, it's from society. Right. It's the reason because of society. We have the Kim Kardashians. We have the uh, you know, the Kylie Jenners. We have to have our lips big and the Botox, and we have to have our face tight, and we have to have the tiny waist and the big hips. It, it's society that's driving this force behind women and men not being acceptive of their selves because again, we are right. all different, right. My body's not going to be a size two. I'm not going to look like no Instagram model. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, but uh, that's a part of the whole isms. Exactly. Know? And society is ran off of these isms. So exactly. our, best, our best bet is to do our best, know where we're at, yep. do the best that we can with those isms that we live with and just be happy. You know, and, and be comfortable with ourselves. If we want to do work, we do the work. If we don't, we don't. You know, and that goes with any aspect, either body or mentally or physically, spiritually, emotionally. You know, it's up to you. Yeah, absolutely. Physically, mentally, spiritually, it's all up to you. What you want to change, what can be changed, what can be, what can't be changed, and what should be changed. Right. You no, know, goes along with them isms, them boundaries that shouldn't be crossed, you know, to make sure people respect you and your boundaries. And you're also respecting people's boundaries. Also, you know, if someone does ostracize you, maybe you're being ostracized for a reason. That's your guardian mm -hmm. angel keeping you from a situation that you don't need to be a part of. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you have to look at those different isms. All of us have fall fell under one of these isms, maybe one, maybe more, maybe all. Right. And I want to give credit to um, it was a, a YouTuber. He's he's no longer with us. Uh, his name was uh, on, on YouTube. He went by Sinful to Pete. And I didn't listen. Oh, to him OK. I, didn't I know listen, what that is. Yeah, I didn't listen to him a lot, but he always talked about the isms mm. and. When I start listening to him and listening about the isms, and then I start doing my research on the isms on my own, even though I went to college and I knew about some of this already, but just tying it together and understanding how it affects society as a whole and why certain people do certain things and make certain decisions. And what? how am I able to maneuver in a society that's ran off of these isms mm -hmm. and i was able to come up with this and i, I know i still got work to do but i'm developing Absolutely. that and i'm doing the best that i can with where i'm at but that's that's all i wanted to say about that oh no you're all good we gotta see we gotta keep our isms you gotta keep our isms in check you, you gonna keep our isms in check because i know i mean my isms is all out of whack <laughs> but uh these are things that for real that we should take through life and think about them you know just think about them 
You know, these are things that happen through life, no matter what race, religion, creed or color you are. You probably have been faced with some of these isms. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else you want to add before we end our podcast for today? Thank you for allowing me to be on your platform again. Uh, I want to thank, you know, one, I want to thank my father because he has taught me a lot of this as well. Um, I want to thank the, the, the people that I haven't been around that they understand the situation that I went through. Mm-hmm. Like I was upset with them at one point, but I understand now, you know, even if they probably don't think that I understand, like I, I truly understand why I had to get away from them. And I hope they're doing good. Like I hope their families are doing good, but I understand the best thing for me was to get away. Mm-hmm. You know? And I want to just, you know, I want to thank the content creators that talked about things like this before me. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not in the way that I had I've done today, but you know they paved the way for me to be able to express myself the way that I needed to to progress. Like be you know th- this this talking that we're doing is you know it's not only helping you know other people that's listening to it, but it's also helping me with you know processing and understanding that hey I'm making sense. You know? absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know? We're helping each other. We're helping one another and we're helping other people too. Like, yeah. And you're helping me learn too. We're, we're helping each other. You're we're, we're here. We're here. Right. <laughs> but that's it. Okay. Um, I would like to add by saying um, my deepest condolences and prayers go out to the Sierra Jameson family for their loss. Um. I am glad that the person allegedly responsible for the crime is behind bars. Um, I will be following the story to see what will happen. But as of now, he has been held with um, no bond behind bars. Uh, Lawrence Boyle is the man that's been, uh, again, alleged um, for the crime of Sierra uh, Jameson. That was at the beginning of our podcast. So please make sure you guys watch the replay. I want to thank everyone for joining us, for joining us, everyone watching. Thank you again for watching the Mayday Mayhem podcast and our conversation with Bob Bowman. Um, we're going to end this podcast where I end all my podcasts. If no one told you they love you, I do. I truly, truly do. And make sure you do better today than you did yesterday and strive for a better tomorrow today. Okay. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, be free and be yourself and don't let nobody stop your strat. Right. We'll see y'all next time. I'm Mayday Mayhem. Just Bob Bowman. And we'll see y'all next time.